I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Dawn Day. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Vitamin D Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this journey of living your best life, for depositing into your life bank account. And thank you for entrusting me to shed some light into your life. I am so excited for you to check out this episode because I sat down with the legendary, the incomparable, uh, the queen of what is now R&B radio and co-host of the Steve Harvey Morning Show, Miss Shirley Strawberry. This is a path you chose or the path that chose you, however you want to look at it, and you deal with what comes with that. This is something that is calling you. You can't do anything but this. Shirley has been a mentor of mine since I started working with the Steve Harvey Morning Show back in December 2017. And since then, she's been like a source of wisdom and insight. And being an advocate for my growth and me shining my light, she even gave me the nickname Love and Light. So you know it's real. And what I want you to understand too is that I've dreamed of being on the radio since I was a little girl in high school. And to have the opportunity to be mentored by the likes of Shirley Strawberry, who has been on air probably as long as I've been on this earth. Well, that's just God. I hope that this episode serves as a mode of inspiration for you. That anything is possible as long as you believe and you are willing to put in the work. All you have to do is take the first step to living out your wildest dreams. Dive in as Shirley talks about what it means to be a woman in radio. Sacrifices she's made as a mother, being a domestic violence survivor, and the importance of passing the torch. As for her infamous quarantine sandwich, I have no parts of that. So without further ado, it's time for your dose of vitamin D. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. 
Hello, Miss Strawberry. Hello, Miss Love and Light. How are you? Well, I am <laughs> shimmying over here because I am at talking to Miss Strawberry. How you doing? Well, thank you. I am. I'm safe. I'm healthy. I'm doing well inside of the house. Um, you know, and that could be a challenge. We all know that sometimes. I like being inside. I'm a homebody. I just, you know, when you're forced to do it, that's something different. I mean, although, you know, things are opening up and we can get out, but I, I still stay in as much as possible. You know, I, I do. And when I go out, I'm definitely in my mask. Right, right, right. But it's interesting. I think like even wearing the mask, I feel like I'm being suffocated a little bit. Like I'm just being held back. Oh, yeah, you do. Especially if you have that rebellious spirit, you know, it just flares up anyway. Hello. Anyway, with any kind of constrictions or restrictions, you feel that anyway in your spirit. But, you know, you just have to repress it. It's going to be over. God is going to pull us through. We're going to be fine. You yeah, know? yeah, I, I do think so. But I do think a lot of people need to be smart and, and about what's happening around us. But then also, you know, take this moment of why you have to stay at home to figure out what's going on with you and you to figure out whatever your dreams and aspirations. Who are you? Because a lot of people are scared to see themselves, surely. Well, you know what? When when COVID-19, the quarantine and everything first started, you know, everybody was like, OK, this is it. You know, I'm going to uh, start on this new program. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat right. You know, a lot of people did that. I'm going to see what, you know, else is along the. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. 
I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. You know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Journey, I'm going to find my purpose and all of that. And after about a month or so... My, I discovered my purpose was going from the bedroom to the living room, <laughs> watching my Netflix shows, <laughs> catching up on all the Hulu shows. That's my purpose, apparently, because that's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. That's what I've I have discovered a new sandwich. I'm going to put you on. Dawn. Okay, come on, on. Come on. Give it to me. All right. Give it to me. Raisin bread. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. 
and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Not any old kind of raisin bread. Pepperidge Farm raisin bread. Okay, now we're talking. Mm -hmm. With the cinnamon in it. Okay, heat it up just a smidgen, you know, put some mustard on it. Okay, stop it. I'm done. (laughs) I, I'm no, done. listen, listen, this is, listen, listen, it gets better. Put some deli sliced, thinly sliced turkey on there, un- unless you're a vegan or whatever. And then olives. If you're out, aren't, if- I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Wait, listen, if you aren't into olives, dill pickles will do just fine. (laughs) That's my new sandwich. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not sponsored by the Vitamin D podcast. (laughs) It's a perfect combination of sweet and savory. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, get your life, girl. 
the mustard on top of the cinnamon raisin bread, then I'm going to slap some turkey on there. And then you want me to put it in my mouth. And then I want you to put, no, I want. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford. 
a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. You should put some olives stuffed with pimentos or dill pickles, okay? Take your choice. You know, Shirley, we have been rocking for a bit when it comes to food. We we talk about the colors, the textures. In fact, we have a little moment with M&M's. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> do, not, do not bring up M&M's. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you about my girl, Dawn. I love her dearly. I, I call her love and light because she is love and light to me. She's all about love and she's all about that light. And, and I love that about her. So um, when she first started working um, with us, uh, doing our social media on the Steve Harvey Morning Show, we had just discovered coffee M&M's coffee M&M's. Now, I'm not talking about the regular M&M's or anything like that. This was a new flavor. M&M's had upped their game. I'm not just talking about the blue when they added the blue. This is a whole new flavor. I do not drink coffee, (laughs) anything like that. But it's something about those coffee M&M's. I started off with the little bags. Every day, every morning, I would bring them in. And because our work schedule is so crazy, we eat whatever, whenever. Okay, we eat you know, breakfast for dinner and dinner for breakfast and snacks in between all of that. So every morning we would eat M&Ms and the bag just started getting bigger and bigger. Right. And I would just sit there during the show four hours and just eat those M&Ms because I love them. I was addicted. And Dawn walked past me. She looked over in my seat one day. She was in there taking pictures and uh, she said, wow, it's amazing. I want you to eat those every day. And it's amazing that you never gain a pound. Just sitting fabulous every day, not one pound, okay? Like how every day, not one pound. Mind you, she only saw me sitting down. (laughs) Because one day, I think I got out of the shower and looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, oh oh my God, Don has cursed me. I think I must have gained 10 pounds in my hips. You know, that's my area, my hips and thighs. I was like, I haven't eaten them since, Don. I have not, I put them down. I have not eaten them since. And I was addicted to them. But I want to say thank you because... Part of your love and light, that light bulb went off in my head because I never even thought about I could gain weight because I ate a full big bag. Okay, wait, wait, but let's be clear. We're not, we're talking, they have the personal size bag. Then they have the king size bag. Then you go get to the theater bag, the size, but this is like the, the, the The warehouse size size bag that can, that can fit like 20 people. And it would just every, to the fact I jumped on board and I said, you know what? Let me gift you some M&M's. <laughs> and I love you for that. They were so good, but I have not eaten them since because just sitting there eating them, you don't think about it because it's just one, you know, at a time and stuff. You can't stuff a whole bunch of them in your mouth. But during that period, I don't know, was it six months or so? I think I must have gained about t- all that sugar and chocolate. It was a lot. It was a lot. But you know, true story. M&M's were my like my favorite childhood candy. Peanut M&M's. I'm not in so much as the coffee kind of girl, but peanut M&M's. And then I used to pair it with, um, woo, baby, some plain Lay's chips. 
Perfect. What you say? Charlotte, what you say? They go with everything. That's what I eat with my uh, Raisin Bran turkey mustard and olive sandwich. Some chips on the side. <laughs> Lays, of course. Okay, so I thought, okay, we're we going to leave the sandwich alone because I'm still trying to fit how the olive, but if you want to, you, you got Shirley Strawberries, a sandwich. Uh, don't say that I told you, she told you about it. Okay. It's good. It's good. Cause you run out of stuff to eat. You got to be creative when you're in the house for this many days, you have to be creative. I mean, or uh, cause I was tired of eating period at that point. So I just, Oh, let me try this. Oh, let me I try never this. had that problem. Tired of <laughs> <laughs> Can I say though, you look beautiful. Your skin looks beautiful. Your teeth are white and beautiful. You're you, you look amazing. Thank I haven't you. seen you in a minute, so it's good to see you, honey. That conversation that we had um, right before you left, we had a conversation on our walk. And I said, Shirley, first of all, I'm so grateful that we had our moment to chit chat because that's pretty much what I want to talk about. Just being a woman in radio and having those mentors. And you said to me, I'm telling you all of my aspirations. And you're saying, well, Dawn, you know, you got to make up your mind what it is that you want. And you have to be a reflection of that. And being so that if I'm all about love and light and I'm speaking life into people, when was the last time you checked in with Dawn? Because by then, you know, I gained some weight, you know, and, and just being present enough and authority because you said, how many people are you telling that you want your podcast to, that you want to be on air? No one's going to step to you and, and, and ask you that. But here's the thing, Shirley, that's not the first time you got into my heart. The first time you got into my heart was when I first started working with the show. And it was probably within that first week. Oh, wow. I went to the doctor and I found out that I had a blood clot in my leg. Oh, wow. And when you reached out and you just said to check in and say, how are you doing if you're okay? Because imagine, this is like right before I started working with you guys, I I wasn't working. I was on a bike getting around. So, and then to be at the level of working with you guys, and I'm like, I have this ailment. And then that's the whole thing. You know, my mother died when I was younger. You, that's when you want to tell mama, like, mom, I got this job. And oh my gosh, mom, I got a blood clot in my leg. Hold on, Shirley. Mind you, my dad died of a blood clot. So the oh. fact that you, yeah, when I was three months old, he passed away from a blood clot. So it was like your dreams and, and fear of life are hitting all at once. But I think that's the journey and that's the process that we need to talk about when you're going after your dreams and balancing your relationships with your husband, your partner, um, whether or not you have a family. And then also being a woman enough to balance it with yourself and dealing with other women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's just part of life now, isn't it? You know, no one said this was going to be easy. No one said that it was going to be a cakewalk, a walk in the park, any of that. It's, you know, this is a path you chose or the path that chose you, however you want to look at it. And you deal with what comes with that, you know, because this, this is something that is calling you that you can't do anything. You can't do anything but this. Mm-hmm. But this is it. So you have to deal with those things. And it's how you, how you deal with them. Uh, you know, you can choose to deal with them in a complaining way, in a, um, you know, a self-pity way or however you want to look at it. But, you know, you have to understand and realize that you're going to have to deal with it if this is the, the craft and, and your chosen profession and deal with it and try to deal with it as gracefully 
as you can. I mean, that that's all we can ask gracefully as you can, you know, because you do want to try and leave a legacy. You do. And, and you're not necessarily thinking about that when you first get into it, of course, you know, leaving a legacy and all that. I mean, I can say that because I, I've been in it for so long and, you know, I don't know how much longer I'll be in it. But, yeah, I've been in it for a long time. I, I'm much older than you and I, I accept that. I'm cool with it because that, too, is a part of life. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> it just is. It is, it is. And, and consider the alternative, you know, <laughs> you're either here dealing with it or you're dead or something. Right. right. And, and that's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. And I had such great mentors and great women to, to look up to. And I just want to pass that along as much as I can. And you, you know, you're just so sweet and just so love and lighty <laughs> that, you know, you're a perfect candidate to, to do that with. So it, it's just how, you deal with things because life is always going to throw you something and you never know what it is so it's how you deal with it so let's talk about it um i've we had some pretty about it love and light <laughs> <laughs> well let's, let's go mean? down in a little bit a few layers yeah, i'm gonna mess with you you know i am <laughs> and i love Good. it <laughs> um i guess what i i was thinking about even furthermore you know, you you look at the aspect of going into radio and finding these mentors and making sure that you you deal with what it's like to be a woman in radio. And it's it's one thing, Shirley, to say that you started in a radio in the 80s. It's a different thing for it to be um, in 2020 and you're still here now. Not just so much as how radio has changed, but the dealings that a lot of people don't tell us that you have to deal with. So when you're talking about, you know, being the a woman in radio, did you have aspirations where you felt like you wanted to leave at times? Like, why are you here? Um, okay, I, I'm here. I'll answer that first because I'm still relevant. You know, thank the good Lord. Um, people still want to hear what I have to say. I still mean something to some people, you know, who've been listening to me for a long time. Um, that's why I'm still here. I still enjoy what I do every day. I mean, it's fun to get up every day and have a job that you like, especially during these times. I mean, this, this is considered an essential profession. So, you know, I'm going to take that seriously, um, which means I have something to give. I have something to provide. You know, people have to get their information, uh, their entertainment, their laughs, their news, things like that, that we provide on the Steve Harvey Morning Show. They have to get that. So that is my job. That is my job. That's why I'm still here uh, to answer, you know, to, to answer your question. And I think you asked me, were there times when I wanted to leave? Right. And it's based on just the weight that you carried as a woman. I don't think that a lot of people really talk about that enough. And you made mention of handling things gracefully. Mm hmm. You know, I think it's tough in a lot of professions for women, not just this one. Uh, when I started out many years ago, um, it, it, it definitely was a man's profession, meaning that most men uh, had the morning talk shows. Most men had the afternoons. They were jocks. They were this. And if you were blessed enough to get a job in radio, man or woman, the man still, you know, made more than you. Even if you guys did the same jobs and things like that, you know, that's just the way it was back then. A lot of times it's like that now, you know, 
men make millions. A lot of men make millions and several hundred thousands of dollars, but you could probably count the women on your hands that make in the millions in radio, um, things like that, or that even lead their own morning shows and stuff. You know, women, uh, back when I grew up, they may have done the midday show or they may have been at night or something like that. But, uh, morning drive and afternoon drive is the way it was situated um, then and still is a little bit now. Um, those were those were relegated to the men. That's how it was, I guess, when I first started on. It's still a little bit like that now, but more women are getting their shows and more women are showing up for sure. You know, uh, people um, want to hear from the women as well as they want to hear from the men. Exactly. And so thinking of that, did you ever have aspirations and do you have aspirations now of being the first chair or the lead of the show? Well, it's a lot of responsibility um, to, to be the lead of the show, and I, I welcome that. I don't mind that, um, but I, I like it the way it is. It's cool. I like it the way it is. Um, you know, I, um, I, I think it kind of works for Steve and I. Um, we've been together almost 20 years. You know, I've worked with some of the greatest men in the business. I've worked with Tom Joyner, um, who um, just had a stroke recently, I read. And uh, yes, definitely. And, and I've known Tom a long, very, very long time. Yeah. And uh, I think he's recovering and um, he, he's, you know, he's okay. But it was, it was mild. But, um, you know, my prayers, of course, go, go out to him uh, as a colleague in the business, as a friend. I work with the late, great Doug Banks um, out of Chicago. Um, so I've worked with some great people. And I was always in this in this position, it's kind of like, I, I guess I liken it to Dawn, a, um, a doctor, a male doctor and a female nurse. <laughs> you really know that the nurse is, she could do what the doctor does, but you know, she's, she stays here, holds up the doctor, supports the doctor. And when he says scalpel, she passes him the scalpel because he's into what he's doing. If he reached for it, he might pick up something else. So she's there to make sure he's good. And that, and that's fine. I, I don't think it, think of it as a subservient I subservient role I just think of it as a supporting role and that's fine with me that that's okay and that makes sense and I think that's where it's like one of those things that even when I heard coming up in life in the business about playing your position and it necessarily isn't okay you're belittled and you can't do anything more but be excellent at what you do and, and make sure that your piece fits the puzzle and I think a lot of times like you know being younger coming up you just say I want to do this and I want to jump in this and say wait a minute little baby Sit down, test the water, see what it feels like, see where you fit and then work your move. Yeah, just work your move. If that's what you want to do, then do that. And I've had my own shows before. I've definitely had my own shows. I, I've done, I, I mentioned like the midday show, the uh, seven to midnights. I've, I've worked afternoons. I've done almost every shift in radio. Come to think of it, every single shift. So I've done that. I enjoy the ensemble. I enjoy playing off uh, people and different personalities and things like that. I, I just do. It keeps you alert. It keeps it more fun. You know, um, you, you get to use an array of your mental abilities, of your talent, if you have any, you know, stuff like that. So I, I like that. It's like being at home at a dinner party, you know, or something or, you know, just having friends over for dinner. I like that. I love being around people. My mom um, was a, a person that loved company. She just loved having her house 
house full of people and laughing and talking and cooking great food and all of that. She loved that. So I think, you know, I'm in that way, uh, much like her, because I love being around a lot of people. You know, I I do. Now, now (laughs) I love being around a lot of people, but I may not always be the most talkative one, the life of the party like I once was, because that's what I do for a living now. So I'd rather sit back and, you know, let them entertain me and chill for a while. You understand what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I hear you all day. So with that and coming up and you realizing where your position has played. When I think of uh, being a woman and coming up in this business, uh-huh. it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of balls and it takes a lot of time. Time in balancing a relationship and having aspirations uh, to have children and start a family. What's your journey been like as far as relationships, marriage, children? How do you balance it? No, because my friend and I, like we talk about that. She has a daughter and she's on a a morning show. You think about childcare is sacrifice. Okay. And and that is the key word that I use all the time. Um, I'll say this. um, And I said it earlier, you know, it's hard in any field. But this in particular, because we're performers in that sense, we have to give of ourselves physically to do our job. It's not heavy lifting or anything like that, but it's mental, you know, and you have to stay focused and you have to stay alert and you have to know what's going on in the world and you have to, you know, keep be mindful of the clock and, you know, and all these different personalities and all of this. Then when you get off from there, then you have a husband, then you have a child, then you have, you know, you have all these things. So I say for one, you know, get a good support system. And in, in, in my case, it was my mom. When my daughter was growing up, it was my mom. And that was my sacrifice because of the, the way I worked and the hours I worked. I, I just couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. And I, and I didn't do it. That was my sacrifice. My mom helped me raise my daughter. Um, was it the best thing? I thought so at the time. I thought so at the time. I don't know now if it was the best thing, but at the time it was the best thing for my daughter And I made that decision. I made that sacrifice. Now, if you ask my daughter, of course, she may say something different. I missed my mommy and things like that. And that's what I'll have to live with. And that's the guilt that I carry because she wasn't there with me every day. And I didn't raise her, you know, like in a normal, let's say normal household, like perhaps you were raised or I was raised or something. But yeah, that was my sacrifice that um, my mom uh, was instrumental in helping me raise my daughter. Now I was married at the time, but uh, about three or four years into my marriage, um, we decided to separate and eventually divorce. So, and then my mom really was the only one that helped me with my daughter at the time. So when you say help, would she would take your daughter to school, pick her up? What do you exactly mean by that? My mom lived in Arkansas. I lived in LA at the time. So my mom would stay like six or eight months at the house with me. Then she would take Sheridan with her for like four months or six months. And, you know, I would go on birthdays and holidays and things like that. 
I don't like to talk about this because I don't know, I'm not proud of it. And as, as a mom, I feel guilt and all moms will tell you that they feel guilt about something in their lives when it comes to their children. And this is my mommy guilt, but yeah, so that's what I mean. My mom would help me in that way. And then when Sheridan became old enough to go to school, she went to school in Arkansas where my mom lived. And then, uh, <laughs> Stephen and, and the guys laugh about this. Um, but, um, Stephen. Steve, yeah. Oh, I've Steve never heard you call him. Oh, I thought you said Steven. I was like, who's Steven? Oh, no. <laughs> this is just something that came up. So once, so then Sheridan decided she wanted to come and live with me. So she was a little older now. So it was easier for me to be able to, um, you know, take care of her. I, I got a nanny and that was going well. And, um, Sheridan was living with me. Her father and I were thinking about, you know, maybe trying to, uh, uh, see if our marriage could work again. Uh, that didn't work out. So anyway, Sheridan was there. And then um, <laughs> one time it was Christmas. I would always spend Christmas with them, our, our Christmas vacation. And Sheridan decided when we went from LA back down to Arkansas, she decided that she wanted to stay. She was like, mommy, I think I want to stay. That's exactly how she said it. And the reason I brought up Steve is because they would tease me about that all the time <laughs> because you don't cook. That's why, you know, they, they would tell me all about those things. They would tease me all about that. But the first thing you said was recommending a sandwich, ladies and gentlemen, take note. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, um, Anyway, so she decided to stay and she stayed from that point on and she would just come back with me for the summers and I would go with her for her holidays and vacations and things like that. So, uh, you know, if there's a, I don't know, a, a black mark in my heart or something, you know, that that's my mommy guilt. That is my mommy guilt because I didn't raise her, uh, in a normal household. And, um, but anyway, I, I think she turned out, um, pretty cool. But I think, I think that's amazing that you share that and you say that because, you know, my friend, she's dealing with that right now. Like, that's something that I think about. Like, I can stay up all night. And it's like, I do need to figure out that balance because I got to make room for what's to come, you know? Absolutely. And we do the best that we can with what we can. And that's the that's the thing that stood out. And I think when we talk about being a boss and being Shirley Strawberry in radio, you know, that that's something that comes with the title, with the weight of being that best voice because... There's a whole life that made Shirley Strawberry who she is. And, and I think about the fact, the humility of when people just say, I want to be on here and just say, I want to do, do you know what it really takes? Do you, and, 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 you know, if somebody were to veer into look in the situation of, oh, she should have been there with the child, but who's to say that you would have been the best you so you can give that to her? Absolutely. I had plenty of uh, naysayers and, and people who judged me, you know, but I had a lot of support too. I'm not going to lie about that. I had a lot of support, you know, and I thank God for that too. Um, my mom physically, but, but I have very good friends saying, you know, sitting me down and like putting their hands on my shoulders and looking me in my eyes saying, look, you're doing the best that you can right now for this baby. This baby's fine. Doesn't this baby look happy? This baby is fine. She's okay. You know, she, she's fine. And, and she was, she was fine. I, I know she missed me and I, I know that, but um, it is what it is. That's what happened. 
And, you know, I only had that one and I did the best by her that I possibly could do. And that's all you can, that's all you can ask. You know, that's all you can ask. I mean, life isn't perfect. You know, you get, you get dealt with things that you have to deal with and you deal with them the best way you can. And with God's help, I did the best thing I could at the time. But yeah, you do, you have to make, and women do, we do have to make choices a lot in our lives, whether it's kids, whether it's, you know, getting married moving around you know radio you move around a lot of radio you move around a whole lot you have to um uh, we don't do it as much now but um yeah we moved from la to atlanta uh back to la but you know (laughs) uh new york you know we we move around a lot you know, these are some of the sacrifices that people don't know that you do. You have to set up in a whole new city, get a new apartment, get a new house, you know, change all your addresses. <laughs> you have to do all this stuff. And starting all over again. But I guess that's the journey. That's part of the process. And you, you've, you've met some pretty amazing people in your, your journeys. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and, and dating it. And I noticed like, uh, while well, you've gotten a plethora of awards. And I was honored to be there when you received your Gracie Award in 2018. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah, you were so sweet. You were always so sweet. My uh, love and my light. <laughs> but, you know, with that, when you think of someone that has um, resulted in triumph, we have to look at anything like a yin and a yang. Where there's light, there's dark. And, you know, we talk about the different things of, of experiencing in life, whether it was, you know, balancing motherhood, balancing dealing with um, working with various men and actually just stating your voice. There's another thing that I think is amazing. That's part of your story that I've heard you touch on it a bit. And I'm sure can save a lot of lives is that being a domestic violence survivor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when I say this, I say this in the sense of really inquiring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How can you easily find yourself involved in something like that? Because somebody can easily say, oh, you should have known better. You're supposed to be leading women. It's like, but I'm a human just like you. I'll put it like this. Uh, until, you know, like recently in my life, um, I've never had a good relationship with a man. I just never did. I never did. I never had uh, a good self-esteem, but I didn't know that that's what it was at the time. That's, I didn't know my self-worth at the time. Um, I didn't know that, um, you know, there was a better way. I just thought this was the way it was. I mean, I was always a, a pretty girl. I was always a smart girl, all that, but I, I, I knew that I was cute and smart, but so what? Knowing it and not knowing what to do with it are two different things. You know, I didn't grow up with a dad. My dad, you know, you said your dad died when you were very young. So did mine. My dad died when I was a year old. So I, and my mom, as beautiful as she was, never remarried. That's my story. And part of that, I don't know if this is your story too. <laughs> see, see, we have so much alike, but part of that was because my brother, <laughs> He never wanted, oh, no, no man could come in my house and talk to my mom without my brother being in the middle of the conversation, literally. So she never remarried. um, And so I never had like male role models, the closest thing I had to a dad. And I talk about that in in the book I wrote a few years ago, um, was Uh, my uncle. Strawberry letter book. That's what she's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 
Yeah. And it was my uncle, my, one of my mom's brothers. I had like seven uncles and uh, we lived very close together and he was the closest thing. He was the one that got me into reading and uh, enunciating and getting into words. He was that one, you know, that you say, if you had a, a male uh, role model or mentor, he was that for me. He would always like for me to read to him. And I didn't know what that meant. You know, I, here, take the paper, read this. What does that say? You know, all that. And so, so he was that for me, but I didn't have like, like I said, my mom stayed single. So there was no man in the house. I didn't know what to do. All I knew is that when, when all of her brothers and my uncles came over, they would always feed the men first when we had big dinners and stuff. They would always make sure the men were fed. So that's the kind, that's what I saw. That's the kind of, of woman I was, you know, if I, if I did by chance cook dinner, I would always serve him his plate first, you know, so, cause that's all I knew. I didn't know anything else. So I would always get into these relationships with, with, they didn't start off bad, but, um, with bad guys, because, what I allowed them to do to me because I didn't know my worth and I had low self-esteem. So when did you find yourself um, in an abusive relationship? Was it just once? Was it twice? Or The guys that I dated, I met him in Chicago and a cute guy, really cute guy, but just a, an abusive guy, just abusive. He was just abusive. It didn't start off that way. It started off, we were both, you know, cute together. We liked to dress. We liked fashion. We liked all of that. And then one day when things didn't go the way he thought they should go, then he started hitting on me. And then, you know, he would be so remorseful afterwards. And I believe that lie that he said that it would never happen again. It was just a vicious cycle. I mean, people who have been in abusive relationships will tell you, you know, they make you think that it's your fault. Why did you make me do that? You know, all this kind of stuff. So just a messed up relationship. Were you, you on know, the radio at the time? Were you? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I've gone to work with, you know, black eyes and uh, I still have scar, but you know, covered with makeup and stuff or dark glasses or whatever. Oh yeah. And I was very, very young, I, very young, maybe, 22, 23, something like that. I was really young when, when these things started happening. So finally, I got away from him. How? I, How did you get away? Did you tell people? Yeah, I finally had to. It was an escape. I told my brother. My brother said, look, get out of here now. He helped me. Get out of there now. He lived in Chicago. I was in Dallas at the time. If you don't, I will come down there and I won't say what my brother said. But anyway, yeah, that's how I did. I had to plan an escape. I had to have someone that I worked with um, take me, you know, uh, uh, arrange to take me to the airport. I just left out the next day as if I was going to work. I packed my bags in secret after uh, he went to sleep because we lived together at the time. And I just said, okay, you, you know, I, I um, while he was still asleep, I took my bags and put them out in front of the apartment. And then I just went back in and got ready and put my clothes on, took my bags, got in the car and went to the airport. And then when I didn't come back home that night or the next night, then he knew something was wrong. And that's how I got out. I mean, I escaped. That's the um, the short version, the edited version. But that's basically it. I escaped. And was you know? that was now, you know, it's so easily that I think we can be in a seat of judgment when we're not experiencing it. Was that the only relationship that you were in that was abusive? No. No, I, I was in one more. 
and it didn't happen a lot, which one time is too many. We know that, but I was in one more. And then I finally, it finally started clicking to me that, Hey, something is wrong with this. And you know, is it me? Why do I keep repeating this pattern, picking these same kinds of guys, you know? So that's when I started doing, so even though I was very young, some introspection and tried to figure out what was it that I was doing. So I graduated from physical abuse to probably mental abuse. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cycle till finally I started valuing me. You know, and a lot of that, believe it or not, I attribute to my relationship with Steve. Really? Yeah, because, you know, we're not just, we don't just go at it on the air, you know, arguing all of that. We're, we're actually friends. You know, he is one of my male friends. I, and he considers me his only female friend that his wife allows him to have. <laughs> she knows, you know, we're friends. We're like brother and sister, uncle and auntie or niece or whatever, you know, like that. So, you know, he told me a lot about men and how they are. I, just sitting next to him, I learned a lot and how he treated his wife. And, you know, hey, wait a minute, why am I not being treated like that? You know what I'm saying? So then I realized, you know, hey, it's me. I'm allowing this to happen. You know, you're valuable. You you have worth. You know, you matter, surely. You know, you have to love yourself before anyone can else can love you. You know, all of those things, you know, that you've learned along the way or that you've heard along the way, you actually put into practice now. You know, I, it's like something clicked and I got it, you know, I, I, I finally, finally got it, you know. Right. And I can imagine like that's just when I talk to some friends and be on the outside looking in, it's like, well, can't you see it? But you can't say that because what I've come to realize as I've gotten older, I think I'm sort of. A <laughs> Don't make me punch you dead in your throat. Okay. Wait, wait, love and lie. Love and lie. No. <laughs> we just started talking about, talking about violence. <laughs> <laughs> as you've gotten older as <laughs> I've gotten as, as I've I've evolutionized around the sun a couple of times I've come to realize I'm like a I can feel things and be like an empath and I was just telling a friend the other day uh -huh. about another friend I was with and I was around her boyfriend I said something isn't adding right about how just her responses the things how she's checking to the point she isn't telling me, but I almost wanted to call her and say, if you need someone to talk to or I'm here. Yes. Yes. And then here's the thing, just like how you said that thing of where they put on remorse, like everything's OK or it's your fault or, oh, I didn't mean to. Even when he came into the room, I knew it when I, I, I was in their place. I felt the energy that he projects on her where I was like, oh, this is the mind game. Mm -hmm. You would have felt that with me in that relationship as well. Yeah, you, the woman will retreat and, you know, she will come, I don't know, out of herself or something, you know, and become this meek little yes person, you know, or something like that. And are you okay? Like and I'm checking in and... And I just yeah. feel like it's just more conversation needs to have upon that, especially when we talk about the worth and the love of yourself. But here's the thing. I was looking at Mr. Harvey and he was talking about his camp and he was talking about, um, you know, supporting the young man. And one of the boys said, well, what happens when not having the father there and that importance? But what about the young girls who don't have a father? Because I, my mother, gorgeous, like could have any man, whatever. But my father was the love of her life. 
I've never seen my mother with another man. I don't know what that reaction looks like. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, being a successful woman and climbing up there. What about the young girls that don't know where the place of a man should be? Because I've just seen a mother that just handled it and it's gotten it done that I don't know how to let you in. It's not because I don't want you to do it. I didn't know that you were supposed to, quote unquote, do that or to realize how I need to let down my shield and let you do that. And it's not because I'm fighting you. It's the only thing that I know that has protected me to get through where I'm going through. Well, you know, as a mother of a daughter, uh, you know, and, and her father, like I said, her father and I divorced. Well, you have to make sure that, you know, she has as many tools because kids know what they see. Okay. You could tell them all day, but they, they go by examples of what they see in the home. So you, you just have to make sure you have to do all you can to make sure that they're as secure as they possibly can be within themselves. You have to instill in them confidence. See, I had no confidence growing up, none whatsoever. I mean, when I say none, I mean, none. Shirley, how do you become on the radio with no confidence? (laughs) How did you know that you were dope enough to be on the radio? No, it sounds great because I just wanted it. I wanted it so badly. And, you know, I, when I heard people on the radio, I was like, I can do that. You know, I had gone through, I told you my uncle with all this reading and stuff and, and all of that. So I was like, I can do that. But, you know, you still have no confidence. I still didn't know what I was doing. It took time, you know, to develop a style. It took time for all these things. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to do that. That was my passion. That was what was in me to do. And, you know, in Chicago, growing up in Chicago, like listening to WVON and Herb Ken and all those fabulous people, you know, God rest his soul, that were on the radio at the time, uh, you know, you just soaked it all in. I, I just soaked it all in. I listened to the radio morning, noon, and night. And I tell this story a lot too. That's one of the reasons I got so locked into radio is because, you know, we were, uh, <laughs> we were brought up so religious. I'll say, you know, uh, handed down from my grandmom to my mom, uh, you know, we couldn't listen to the radio. We couldn't listen to secular music and stuff like that. We weren't in church 24-7 like a lot of kids were during that time, but we couldn't listen to the radio. So in the morning when my mom would leave for work, what did you think I would do? I'd have that radio blasting, girl. It was blasting throughout the house. Thank God she never got sick and came home and caught me or anything like that. But yeah, so that's how, you know, that's how I got into into want, having a love for radio. But still, when I got in, I didn't know what I was doing. I just imitated what I heard on the radio, you know? And then you talk to people, just like you and I have developed a relationship. You develop relationships with people. They give you feedback. You know, um, they, they tell you, they give you, you know, criticism, feedback, whatever you want to call it. And you learn from there. You get better from there. You listen to yourself. You compare yourself to others. You know, a lot of people say, well, don't compare yourself. But if you want to get good, you have to listen to the greats. You have to study the greats. You know, I'm a big proponent of that. You have to study. You have to watch their style. You know, every every artist out here has seen someone that they look up to, that they like, they may have taken a little bit from them, a little bit, you know, and then you take that all together, put that all together and develop your own style. That's just how it's done. But yeah, that's how you develop confidence. And then, um, 
just doing it because I had none. I had no one instill that in me. You know, my, I talk about this too. My thing was, I was always up and all over the place and, you know, wanting to entertain and, and, and all of that. My mom would always say, get somewhere and sit down, little girl. Everyone has seen you. Or she would tell me, she would say, have a seat before people say it now. They say it now. She would always say, uh, get over there and have a seat. Have a seat. Sit that she would down. Always, always tell me that because I was always up doing stuff, talking, you know, in somebody's face, you know, but I didn't know but I learned you just so learned. and did you think like maybe your low self-esteem or you know in your journey let's let's look at another way in your journey of building your self-confidence did you feel as though there was something that your mother didn't provide you with or do you think this was a your own Shirley journey well you know I can't blame my mom I I, I refuse to do that because she taught me everything she knew to teach me you know so I'll never blame her for maybe not teaching me something how could she if she didn't know it herself you know mm-hmm. what i mean so yeah so I, I would never blame her for that she gave she instilled in me what she needed to instill in me um you know and those things i treasure she taught me how to be a lady how you know those kinds because you need those things too you know um uh, my mom uh went to school and graduated for cosmetology that's what she did and she did it extremely well you know, that's what her whole thing was. People couldn't even get that I wasn't that because my mom was so good at that. That's that's where her gift was. My mom was, um, our birthdays are one day apart. I'm July 28th and she was July uh, 29th. So <laughs> we were very, very similar. My mom's very creative. She could cook her behind up. That's why I never, you know, people never ask me, why don't I cook? But my mom was just such a, she was an excellent cook. She could cook anything. And my grandmother before her as well. So I never, I was always my mom's sous chef. <laughs> There's no way I could even try <laughs> to cook with, I have such a genius in the kitchen as my mom. <laughs> That's not what we do. I'll just make sure that the space that she has to cook in is clean <laughs> and well, she has all her equipment that I do the dish. That was my job. My job was to clean and I can clean. Now, do I clean? No, ma'am, <laughs> because that was my job then. And, and that was the one reason I always wanted to get grown. So I would never have to clean up. again. <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, that's yeah, I will never put that on my mom because she taught me what she knew. Right, and I think of even with my mother, like that was one thing uh, just going along with you were saying my mother was terribly shy as a child. Yeah, and it was, yeah. and people used to say how attractive, and because she was so shy, she didn't want to say anything. Oh, you're too good, and oh, you can't say anything. You think that you're all that, and it was like a force where my mother made sure she put my sister and I into everything you had to she was the one just like how your uncle that was my mother I went to a Montessori school and she would read out of the book and she'd go into these characters and I'll look at her why are you talking like that that's so funny Don that's so funny that's so funny. My mom could imitate anyone. She's very, my mom sang in the choir. She had all these talents, but she was very, very shy as well. My mom was so shy that she used to stutter. My mom would stutter if she got nervous. She would stutter. You know, and people, when they hear me speak, it's like, but your mom stutters, you know, and she, 
eventually got over it, but sometimes it would come back and she just could not get those words out. But she could imitate if she heard your voice, she would she could speak like you immediately. You know, that's just how talented she was as well. Very creative, decorated the house, all of that. And then, you know, but you could never go out of the house not looking a certain way. All of that. All of that. That's a, wait. So, are you a Leo? Yeah, that's a Leo thing. Cause y'all know yeah. y'all, you're gonna make sure from head to toe. My sister is July 26, and Charlotte yeah. does not play. Okay, head to toe. <laughs> it's to the point. I want to feel better. I need a whole moment. Let me just do my hair and do my makeup, and I will sit home and be pretty. Yeah, that made me feel and, good. And that's so crazy because you know how I am. You know, <laughs> I mean, for me to even be on here with no makeup, I, the thing about it is, is uh, we're in COVID, we're in quarantine, but I would have put some on for you, even lashes. But I just got home right before this and I didn't have time or else, you know, I would have had the lashes on and the whole nine. But <laughs> surely when you're cute, okay. you're cute. You Thank have been blessed. It's just something that you know you have, and it's not necessarily anything that we need to put on. You just got it. Thank you, and it, and it's okay. I mean, this is me. It's okay, and it's I love, and I I just want to say, even with that, thank you so much for being transparent in that because I think sometimes someone would look at you and say, "Wow, she's the host of a nationally syndicated radio show. Everything is fine." It's like no, when you talk about your dreams, there are different things that you got to step over, step under, and plow through. That's the yeah. part of the journey. And that's the experience we go after. Well, let me say this to you, Dawn. You know, we know each other. Uh, we used to be in the studio quite a lot together, quite a bit together. Um, I appreciate the fact that you, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you a compliment and do not do what you know you do sometimes. <laughs> don't do that. I don't want to see any water in those yeah, eyes. But, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you took it seriously you know, I, I think you should take your job seriously, not necessarily yourself. You know, you, you should be able to laugh at yourself, but take your, your career and your job and what you do seriously. That's another way to be good at it. So you didn't take this situation for granted. You prepared. You knew it was coming. You prepared. You sent me a text yesterday because, you know, I'm crazy. And today I would be like, what? <laughs> it was today, the interview. <laughs> so you send me a text to prepare. And, you know, and I, I like that. I respect that. Those are the ways, you know, it's sometimes those little things. Those are the ways that you can grow and get better in this business. You take care of your business. You know, you don't, okay, I'm going to interview you. Oh, I know, Shirley. I got this. I got this. No, you took the time. You prepared. That's a good thing. So I'm just giving you a compliment, okay? <laughs> I'm giving you a compliment. I want you to. To reach your goals. I want you. And this is a part of it, you know, just preparing, just saying, okay, what am I going to, what are we going to talk about? We'll just flow. Of course we're going to flow, but you know, you have some specific things in mind that you want to get out of me and you've thought about that. So that's a good thing. So I want to thank you. And it's kind of like, you know, as we wrap this up. I'm going to see you blinking. <laughs> I'm because, no, 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 it's real, but I want to be that example because I'm, I I do not take it for granted. And I know that on my route, I've learned different things of not because I was arrogant. It's just I didn't know. And I'm just grateful that I had grace and I had people like even coming and working with you guys. I did some stuff that would have pushed the limit. And I, thank God I got somebody like Kat. He pulled me by the, the, uh, the collar and said, listen, that's not how this rolls. And it's annoying the environment. 
And even coming today, Shirley, I don't know. I was probably so nervous. And I say that to anybody that when fear comes, and it's not because I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm still looking at you. I admire you so much. And I want to make sure that I tell you that. And I said, oh my God, I am about to interview Shirley Strawberry. And they say, when fear knocks, let faith answer. Because mm-hmm. the fact that you took a chance on me, you took a chance out of your day. Yes, it's, it's Shirley, regardless, yes, you are amazing. You are a regular person, but... When you have somebody that comes up in the business and you look at them and you're saying, wow, I aspire to do something similar what they're doing. And you took time on me. Mm-hmm. That's what this is about. Exactly. Exactly. That is exactly what it's about. And, and, and that's why. That's why. Because, you know, I, I see your hunger. I see your, you know, you just you just have what it takes, I think, to make it in this business. You want to go. You want to do it. You want to go further. You don't want to just do what you, you want to do it. You have that. And, you, and it's okay. That is okay. It is okay. Just like it's okay for me, you know, to say... Pretty soon, I'm probably not going to, I know I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life and that's okay. So if I can, whatever I can deposit in you, dear love and light, let me do that. (laughs) Let me do that. And it's okay. And we need to do more of that. I had great mentors, you know, who became my friends and it's okay. And if I can, what, what is this? What, what does this take out of me to spend this time with you, to talk with you, to, to answer your questions, to mentor you? I mean, that's what we need. We have to keep that going. We have to. So, yeah, I mean, and that's it. Pure and simple. That's just it. I don't mind. I'm having a great time. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. All of that. It's it's fun. You know, and, and I think part of that, too, is I it's hard for me to look at me the way you guys look at me, if you know what I mean. It, it's it, that part is hard for me. And it, it's not. um a false humility is it just you know i'll say it again it just is what it is this is who i am and and it's what i do so let's just do what we do <laughs> so that's how i look at it shirley strawberry is a real one they're yeah. out there and let it be known <laughs> detroit midwest thorough you. you want a real one get you a midwest girl we can we can be at the debutante and handle it in the streets and everywhere in between. Okay. <laughs> you know, they call me the bougie one on the show, but <laughs> I am. I'm from the south side of Chicago. Come on. <laughs> Wait, is it where y'all put the hot sauce on the, on the chips? Uh, yes, thank you. And sometimes pickle juice. And then that same pickle that you got the pickle juice from, you stick a peppermint in there in what? this bad boy. Okay. Do not play with me. Love and light. Do not play with me. Listen, okay? you're going to learn today. <laughs> so is, uh, what's next for you, Shirley? Is there anything that we should look out on the horizon and how we can support you? Um, <laughs> Yeah. But I can't tell you right now. I am working on something, something pretty big. I am. But I can't tell you anything. I wish I could, but I can't. I I just can't. And I can keep the secret. Look at my T-shirt. I'll I'll look at my T-shirt. Can you see that? Oh, strawberry letter. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, that says strawberry letter. Okay. And it has a strawberry dipped in some chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Okay, well, well, they can if someone wants to support you. You do have a, a strawberry letter book out now, right? 
Oh yeah, it's been out for quite a while. Um, um, I have two more books to to write, but I haven't gotten into those yet. Um, I haven't written them yet, but they're in my head. As soon as I get them out, yeah, I have two more. Two more. I haven't done them. Can we still purchase the Strawberry Letter book that's out now? I think it's on Amazon. I think it's still on Amazon. Yeah, it's okay. been out for quite a while. You may even get it for like little or nothing now. <laughs> the book so, is yeah. amazing. It is a bestseller. Be sure to check on Amazon, uh, the Strawberry Letter book by Shirley Strawberry. Get inspired. <laughs> uh, get real talk, girl to girl conversation. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, that's amazing. And is there anything else? So whomever's listening is that you would want someone to know. What, what, when Shirley Strawberry is gone and, and, and decides to hang up the headphones and cut off the mic. I know. Right? What do you I want mean, them to know? I have a few more years left on. Don't try to get rid of me now. I know you're coming up, but uh, wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> I will be on the gig tomorrow unless the Lord says something else. <laughs> but I'm just saying, when it's all said and done, like what else is there next? Is there anything you would want somebody to know? that happened to catch you on the vitamin D podcast. May I just say this, that you talked about a deposit. I consider myself a life a bank account expert where you make deposits into your life bank account and you're your greatest asset. Mm-hmm. So what kind of deposits are liability? So when you said deposit, you deposited into me today, queen. And I thank you for that. The queen of Urban AC Radio. If you don't know, you will learn today. Okay. <laughs> That's so sweet. Well, John, I love you. I thank you for having me on your show. Um, I I think you'll be a great success on your show, uh, on your podcast, which is is just radio. Okay. It's just a radio show. You know, people think it's podcasts. It's something, you know, otherworldly. It's a radio show, people. (laughs) It's a radio show and you're going to be fine at it. You're going to be wonderful. And uh, yeah, because you do your homework and, and that's basically all it is. And you have confidence and you have a passion for it and you know how to dig deep and get good stuff. You know, you'll be fine. Yes. Dig deep. Dig deep. I know <laughs> sure. I haven't had my nails done in like forever. I just, you know, I got my eyebrows done for you, just for you, because I said, I'm not going to not step up here with uh, eyebrows not done with Shirley Strawberry. <laughs> here I am looking a hot mess. That's right? a lie. You're looking that good. <laughs> but thank you so it's much. Welcome. You're so um, welcome. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I wish you all, all, all the, the peace, the blessings and the love and the light. Keep shining, girl. Keep shining. (laughs) Yes, dreams come true. You just heard Janice's baby girl talk to a legend in radio. So don't tell me that it's not possible. Whatever you want, know that it's yours for the taking. Be bold with the desires of your heart. You deserve that. And just like Drake said, know yourself, know your worth. And watch how your life can go from zero to 100 real quick. Let's go. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Vitamin D and tune in every Monday for inspiring conversations to help you get excited about your life. Well, that's it for your dose of Vitamin D. I want you to follow me on all social media at Dawn Day Speaks. That's Dawn, D-A-I, Speaks on all social media. Until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset.
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.